Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners to our listeners. Everybody who's tuning in, thank you for tuning in. I am here with Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast, and today we have a special host that's sitting here with me. Uh, You might recognize him. Who's the host, Eden? (laughs) Who's the host? And I know in the past we tricked our audience when Prabhath was here, and it was when we had our husbands on. And he ended up kind of joking around saying that Kim was gone and he was going to take over. Well, his dream came true. <laughs> I've taken over. Yeah. I love that show with, with Eden and Kim's husbands. That was so great. And my yeah. dream was to get rid of Kim because as we said, she's dead weight to Eden. Oh, Eden would do no. so much better without her. <laughs> Kim has held her back. So I'm the interim host. Until Eden is ready to just do the show by herself. Yeah, so we might, you guys or might maybe hear. maybe I get the show. No. We get rid of Eden next. I'm one person away from running the show, people. <laughs> oh, no. No. So, okay. so, so it'll seriously, be great. Seriously. Seriously. Kim is away. Yeah. Uh, she is not in the area, off on her ra- crazy fun adventures. So I get to fill yeah. in for a little bit. Yeah, you know, back. you hear her brag a lot about going out of town or oh going on vacation, this one, that one, going to concerts. Well, she decided to leave us for a few weeks she has so much that she's working on which we'll be excited to report back to people when she's back yeah and i will be gone by then probably people and kim will replace me she'll be my my (laughs) fill-in but i'm so excited to get to host with you eden it'll be a lot of fun these next few weeks and i know you have an amazing guest today yes so so let me tell you a little bit well first before we do before i introduce her um i'm going to read a quote that I found very fascinating, and then we're going to kind of expand on it when we after we introduce her. Yeah. Okay. It says, if you are uncomfortable, in deep pain, angry, yearning, confused, you don't have a problem, you have a life. Being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because you're doing it right. You will never change the fact that being human is hard. So you must change your idea that it was ever supposed to be easy. You get that? Mm, It's pretty deep. Yeah. So. I love that because everybody always says it should flow smoothly and everything should be easy. But the work is not easy. Yeah. And I could even say I had a couple glitches today. Even the fact that Kim's not here. Yeah. You know, I have to kind of suck it up and and realize that, you know, nothing is going to, well, not everything's going to go my way. So. I have to find a way to surrender to that. And you're going to be so much stronger for the experience. I like, will be. They always say like if, they, what is it? Like if, if you, either you, you through adversity, you get stronger, you die. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's really the only option. Like, like you're going to get stronger mm-hmm. if you make it through. So yeah, it's exciting. And I'm excited for our guests to learn about how we can deal with those struggles and make it through. True. Okay. So let me introduce her. So we have our first guest who is uh, one of our February contest winners. 
So that contest was, I don't know if you remember what we did in February. We asked people to uh, enter, enter into our contest uh, to be a special guest on our podcast. And uh, we picked the top two that we thought was, were going to have such you know, great intriguing stories for us. So, and for the audience, so we chose Natalie Bell. Welcome, Natalie. Yay, Natalie. Hello. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit about Natalie. She's the founder of Mindful Wellness, a coaching platform to help people find their own source of calm, clarity, and inner resilience. She created the Fierce Compassion for Female Leaders program to help women build an inner voice of loving support and courage. Natalie teaches mindfulness for UCLA is the director of programs for the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion and has been featured on the Today Show. That's cool. Yes, yeah. When was that? Uh, last year. Actually, I think uh, about a year and a couple months ago. Okay. It happened like overnight, so it was really unexpected. Oh, yeah? What, yeah. How did you, did you get a they phone call? They needed a mindfulness expert uh, just after Christmas and I happened to be available and just like that. How did they find you? Uh, I also am the director of corporate programs at Unplug Meditation here in Los Angeles. So uh, they reached out to Unplug and Susie Yellow Schwartz, the owner there, um, reached out to me to see if I was available. And it was exciting. Exciting. That's New York, right? No, they actually were here in Los Angeles. They came into the studio in LA. They came to my house uh, to see how I open my day. How do I start my day mindfully? And, you know, I always love to talk about Uh, mindfulness as a practice of just being here with this open mind and heart. And so how can we just start in a way that feels like we're meeting ourselves as we are, we're meeting the moment with that openness. So we started with me drinking a cup of tea, looking outside my balcony, greeting the mountains. It was beautiful. Huh. Okay. I should imagine that now. Um, Okay. So Natalie... I'm going to ask you some questions. Well, first, you know what you were going to, let's talk about how, what, how did you get to where you are now? What was your past? What happened in your past to make you where you are, what you are, who you are? I'll try to say this quickly. Um, You know, when I was a teenager, actually, that's part of my story. When I was a teenager, I um, was very passionate about being present being aware of my thoughts, my feelings, how I was interacting. I noticed, probably like all teenagers, that my parents were so unconscious. <laughs> and um, I wondered why why, what, why weren't more people into this? I, f- I felt it was a part of our intelligence. The other thing that was happening as a teenager, too, is I didn't really feel loved and seen. So I was calling really deeply inside myself for that um, love and that, also that compassion. And I discovered it in probably moments of, you know, pain, like all teenagers go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it felt almost like a grace was landing in me. And I had these awakenings when I was a teenager. And when I was 18, I went to Hawaii. And for two weeks, I met this woman there. And it felt like my whole body and mind and spirit were just transforming. I was having um, truly awakening of such wisdom so when I went to college, I, in my third year, I actually quit to go live in an ashram mm. um, to study uh, meditation, and I fully immersed myself in that. I really gave up everything. Imagine doing that. Like, there's nothing else but transcending, connecting with all that we are. And it was incredible, but I ended up leaving that and coming back into the world and 
becoming a, I was a pre-med major and I became a physical therapist, um, working in hospitals for 14 years, mm. in, me- in medical work for 17 years. And then I got fried doing that in my last job. I was a medical device specialist and I, I really just lost myself in work and in all of the pressures that we think we need to be involved in. Like you basically give up your life to do three jobs in one and to to try and strive to be, quote, successful in our modern day. And I knew I'd met my now husband back then. We were trying to start a relationship. And I was so resentful. And um, even losing my own health in some ways, I was getting uh, pains in my neck and down my arm. And I was going like, you know, I'm really losing my sense of my own ability to be well, to feel grounded, to feel like I'm still connected to Natalie, mm. you know, and I, I also was noticing I was really judging myself a lot. I felt like, um, you know, the inner critic was just so strong and like, basically, you know, what's wrong with me and why is my life, why does my life suck? <laughs> you know, kind of like what we all go through True. pretty much regularly, mm-hmm. um, if we're honest. And the, the interesting thing about my path was that I really awakened to so much wisdom early in my life, but I still didn't know how to be a woman. I didn't know how to make a living. I didn't know how to like, how do you have a relationship? So Mm -hmm. I had a couple of failed relationships and I was just, I was lost to like what I should do for work, like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Healthcare was great, but I also knew it wasn't my real gift. And I always wanted to teach mindfulness and awareness and this beautiful loving awareness that we are. But there was no way to do it back then because you had to be a guru in a, you know, in a monastery or something doing that. But today, it's changed. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you were ahead of your time. The world just needed to kind of catch up for you. So. <laughs> I'm lucky. It's good yeah. timing. Yeah. So yeah. I know you came here to share a couple exercises with us. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, one of the key um, kind of programs that I teach is mindful self-compassion. And the beautiful thing about mindful self-compassion is it's taken, you know, this mindfulness movement has been growing and growing and growing. Mm -hmm. And one thing that has been missing from a lot of teaching around mindfulness is that we can be aware of our experience, aware of what's happening, but we're rarely aware of the experiencer. As Kristen Neff, who defines self-compassion, talks about, how's this one here doing? You know, so we might be noticing things, being present, but then we're beating ourselves up a lot. And so mindful self-compassion allows us to use kind of that grounding, centering awareness, and then to realize that whatever we're struggling with, um, other people struggle with too, this idea of common humanity. I'm not the only one who feels challenged like this. And then in that moment, can I offer myself kindness in any moment of struggle or stress? And the beautiful thing about this is that um, I can learn to cultivate this voice inside that's an inner ally, truly. And mm-hmm. this is the pra- This is what we're working with, not so much focused attention. I can be more efficient. I can be more calm. Yes, we can do that. But the truth is our lives are topsy-turvy all the time. Mm-hmm. How can I keep showing up in alignment with how I want to be with myself? How can I be a friend How can I be a kind of inner mentor Mm -hmm. to myself? And all of us are struggling um, pretty much every day. I, I too. You know, we talked about being imperfectly perfect, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll just do a shout out. Uh 
Prabhat, do you want to shout yeah. out? Yeah, well, it's such a great <laughs> campaign because that whole thing is, you know, people really knowing that they're beautiful and wonderful exactly how they are, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so we, we live in a culture that says, um, if I don't like, for example, today I was on my way here. I'm like, I've been really tired today. Yeah. And you said, oh, Kim's not going to be here. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll postpone because I could rest. Uh, and I'm like, I don't feel so great. I'm like, you know what? This is just par for the course every day. Yes. Like I can still be with myself and honor how I am by just naming that, mm-hmm. by saying, you know what? It's normal to feel our ups and downs and I'm feeling low energy yeah, maybe 80% myself, but I can still show up. And and there's a voice and there's a there's an awareness here that says this is okay too. Mm-hmm. This is also normal. You know, right. and this is where most of us when we don't feel 100%, yeah. we don't feel great or perfect, we think what's wrong with me? Again, that question, we isolate ourselves from the rest of humanity. So this is a really key part to self-compassion work, which is um, we're not alone. Wow, because we have ourselves too. Well, this is part of the hum- welcome to the human experience. Yes, you know, like what what is it like to be a human being? This is what it's like, as you said in the quote. Right, it's, it's not like, perfect. This is normal. Yeah, this is what we should learn. Actually, I love the idea that we can see in the landscape ahead of us that we're going to be feeling this way pretty much every day, up and down. Uh-huh. The waves will be coming. Um, the weather storms will arrive, we'll find moments of calm, and then we're going to notice judgment and criticism and go like, wow, there's that strong critic or that worry or the fear. Uh-huh. And that's normal, too. And it's good to be aware of it and to be present with whatever we're feeling. Yeah, and we can name it. That's mm-hmm. using mindfulness, right? We can yes. name it. So there's a saying, name it to tame it. We know that when we name something in conscious awareness with the the brain becomes online, uh-huh. we can downregulate our stress reactions, including our own judgment about things. So we name it with a kind tone. We say, wow, I'm really feeling like crap, or I'm worried, or I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm judging this person right here. And as soon as we do that, we create some space around it, and we don't have to be held by that thought or that feeling. Mm-hmm. It sounds very freeing. It is. It's a practice of freedom, no doubt. Uh-huh. It's incredible. Wow. Okay. From what you're saying, I mean, the things that I think about is on tired days, right? People are more honest with themselves, but they also, mm-hmm. you know, being tired, like sometimes your, your brain kind of goes to a different place where people are more apt to be depressed. They're more yeah. apt to kind of not have as much self-esteem, right? Yes. Then you have the days where people, they're not dressed up. They're just kind of in their regular clothes. Like they just feel more comfortable when, they, when people see them, they see them for who they are. So there is something really freeing on the not made up, super happy, super energized, right. fun party to go to event, right? Like the real you comes out. I mean, something I say often that I think is fascinating is like when you see friends that are going through a loss of a loved one, you see the real vulnerable mm. them. Mm-hmm. And it's not the sad them, it's the why do I waste my time with all this nonsense version of them, right? Where they don't want to call people back that they don't really want to be around. They don't really want to go to a job that they hate. Like they start making an honest assessment about what makes them happy. And you see them on this new trajectory of their life, of them actually discovering that and becoming that. Yeah. So there's the isolation, but then also then discovering what do we really, what do I really want and what do I really need? And, um, in moments when we feel bad, well, we can go in a number of directions yeah. too. We often do isolate ourselves, which is not 
the healthiest thing. Mm-hmm. So self-compassion allows us to even name that. Like right now, I don't even want to see anybody. I just feel bad. I, I hate feeling this way. Mm-hmm. That's also a valid a, a validation in that moment. Yeah. Like it's an honest truth. Like I'm feeling down and I'm feeling bad. I wish I wasn't feeling this way. And can I just like, for this moment, can I be here um, supporting myself or may I be kind to myself right now? And that's a, it relates to a practice I'd like to teach us, too. Okay, yeah. um, let's do it. Yeah, and <laughs> ju- just one of the things I want to say, too, is if you have, you know, so self-compassion, this is a longer training. Obviously, we don't have very much time today, but um, it's best to learn self-compassion slowly, taking your time. Mm. It can open up old wounds. If you have a trauma history, it's best to work with a counselor or mental health therapist, yeah. taking your time. And also knowing, too, that whenever you're doing any of these practices, you can always stop. Open your eyes, look out the window, Mm. take a chill break, um, finding ways just to take, you know, to pace yourself. But one of the things, so one of the powerful practices uh, that Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer came up with are these two elements, soothing touch. Uh, Soothing touch has been shown to potentially release opiates and oxytocin in the blood, our own natural opiates. Uh So this is um, no outside drug required, but rather an inner intention. And also the fact that um, through Paul Gilbert's work, he's a psychologist out of the UK who developed compassion-focused therapy, that we, um, when we uh, activate our threat defense system, whenever we're judging ourselves, one way to calm that is to offer um, warmth and touch. So we're going to practice with soothing touch just um, briefly. If you haven't done this before, some of you might have placed a hand on your heart before mm-hmm. and felt that you were soothed or comforted. You may already know that you do this in some ways unconsciously. So we're going to kind of explore that. And then we're going to go into a practice called the self-compassion break. And this is a practice where we think about a recent stressful experience, and it'll be a mild to moderate stress. But we use the three components of self-compassion, mindfulness, and we say like, oh, this is a moment of stress. We use common humanity. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. And then we offer ourselves kindness um, by offering kind words. So we're going to actually activate a kind inner voice. Hmm. All right. So... um, I'm going to guide us. This will be about maybe five, six, seven minutes, something like that. Okay. And uh, again, um, if you need to pull out, feel free to do that. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to do this kind of in the form of a meditation, but know that you can do this on the spot at any moment. The whole idea is to do it slowly at first to get a sense of it, and then you'll be able to practice it in your daily life. Okay. Right? Okay. So wait, those that out out there too, why don't you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's have all of you guys. Everybody in our live studio audience. (laughs) (laughs) Do it with us. All right. Okay. So, um, so just finding a comfortable position, just sitting supported. Um, If you wish to close your eyes, you can do that either fully or partially, whatever feels right for you. And let's just begin by placing um, one hand on your heart. So, just allowing the hand to rest gently. Noticing what this feels like, this intentional support. You might even place a second hand on the heart, so both hands on the heart. 
exploring this sensation. You might then try one hand on the heart. Actually, maybe one hand becomes a fist on the heart and the other hand on top of that fist is a kind of a sign of strength or protection. Seeing what that feels like. And you might release this and offer a self-embrace so each hand holds the opposite arm in the self-embrace. And maybe one hand squeezes one arm in a gesture of support. Seeing what this feels like. And then letting this go and trying one more, just seeing if you can place one hand on your cheek. So one hand cupping the face, letting the face rest. second hand to cup the other side of the face so the face rests on both palms. Noticing what this feels like. And then gently releasing this, letting your hands rest on your lap and I, we're going to move into the self-compassion break and I want you to Think about a recent experience of stress. And again, a mild to moderate stress. Maybe you were um, in traffic, running late for an appointment. Maybe you woke up and you weren't feeling as much energy as you wished. Or you had a conversation with someone that went the wrong way thinking maybe something today or the last few days, a recent moment of stress, and allow yourself to remember who was there, what happened, what was said, and even beginning just to notice the stress in your body. See if you can locate where you feel it. Maybe it's in your chest or your face. And then using mindfulness, honoring what's here, saying this is a moment of stress, or this is difficult, or this doesn't feel good. And remembering common humanity, I'm not the only one who feels this way in moments like this. I'm not alone. Other people feel this way too. And then offering kindness by placing a hand back on the heart or using some other form of soothing touch if one of those other, maybe a self-embrace or hand-cupping the face. It's coming back to offer support in your body and saying something supportive. May I be kind to myself 
because I'm feeling this way. May I feel supported. Or I'm right here, right now. I've got your back. Even if this is hard, And just being honest, if you're still noticing the stress, like, I wish I didn't feel this way. But I'm right here. May I be strong. And then if you're having any difficulty finding the right words, just thinking what you might say to a friend that was struggling in this way. What words would you tell them? And can you say those words to yourself? And then just slowly letting go of this practice, allowing yourself to be as you are, noticing what's here, gently opening your eyes, coming back, And knowing that we did that soothing touch and the self-compassion break in a in kind of in the form of meditation, this is something you can do on the spot. So just checking in, what did you notice? What what happened for you? Any of want to share what you experienced? He's still in a daze right now. I mean, <laughs> so so this, this is what's crazy. Like every time I do meditation like that. Mm-hmm. I always ask myself, why don't I do this every day? Mm. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, that's the first thing, like, which I guess in the don't blame yourself, have self-love, I should probably do that. But uh, but I think what happens is you realize how calming it is mm. and how it kind of filters through your head all day. And like, it's so we, great. We, we need, but we would need Natalie's voice. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need Natalie's voice, but I guess part of what you do, Natalie, is get people to learn to do this every day. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I always mm-hmm. say, because most of us don't have the time. I mean, let's face it, yeah. everyone says that, including myself. Um, yeah. And so I always think, start with three breaths, just especially in the early part of the day or the morning once you've woken up. Just if there's just even 10, 30, or 60 seconds where you can greet yourself, mm. say, hey, let me just feel into how I am right now. Maybe let me honor my own presence and see how am I doing? Like maybe I've woken up and already I'm halfway there. Or maybe um, I just want to notice like, yeah, I'm feeling still tired today. Yeah, or maybe I'm just off or maybe um, I notice that I, I need something more today maybe i so just checking in with yourself so i find meditation really don't do it because they say you should do it do it because it's a way to greet yourself truly to just know how you are Mm. so if it's 10 seconds perfect i think that's great because you don't a lot of times people think meditation takes a long time Mm -hmm. and the breathing and a lot of times they lose the breath or they lose their concentration when they're doing the breathing Uh but this is a better way to get there i think and for people who are amateurs sure because meditation is not about breathing it's breathing is just the anchor right it's just the way to focus the mind but meditation is really just to see yourself to be to really open the lens of seeing and to become aware of Mm -hmm. all of your capacity Mm. 
How many times a day do you think you do meditation exercises, Natalie? I mean, well, I guess you could argue from the moment you're awake till you go to sleep, you're it's all in meditation, and that's sort of the lens everything's through. But Not, when do you do these kind of practical exercises? Yeah, I mean, I would say that's what they say, too. Like, it's better um, little and often throughout the day, weaving mm. it in through your day. So I probably have a lot of moments, especially when I name, in the self-compassion break, we named our experience like, wow, this is a moment of stress. Or I name, especially if there's anything difficult, I'll name it to get present, to validate it, but also to create space. Because as soon as you name something, you become the observer also. Mm -hmm. You create some space for yourself. And that's that power of not only mindfulness, but also then it gives the space for a compassionate way of being with yourself. You know what? Yeah, all humans have these same thoughts and judgments and worries. Welcome to the world. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She taught us something. I hope it, I hope that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. It, I'm sure it will. Yes. Wow. Okay. So tell us how to find you. Yeah. So you can go to my website, nataliebell.com. I have, um, we're putting new meditations up there actually even this week. You can find what we just did up there. Okay. Um, as well as um, the program I have, uh, Thrive Inside program, as well as the Fierce um, Compassion for Female Leaders. We do a kind of group coaching program every few months, um, up to maybe 20 people. And it's a 8 to 12 week program, incredible wisdom from the group. Um, we learn so much from each other. And that's the power also, is I'm learning every day. Um, life teaches every day. And we each have this great wisdom to share, too. Mm -hmm. People have to be willing to learn. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. when we learn from each other, too, it becomes that yeah. much more capable. We, we become that much more capable of realizing it's not just me. Mm -hmm. and, and I also, I oh, she's imperfect. He's imperfect. I am, too. You know, we're just, we're these beautiful human beings. Yep. And I love that you're teaching mindfulness at UCLA. Like, I met with Diana Winston last year, uh -huh. who runs the Mindful Awareness Research Center at UCLA. Yeah. And to think that universities see the value of mindfulness like it's come a long way where it's so legitimized by by institutions and society where people have known for centuries how valuable mindfulness is i mean you'd be shocked i just got a request yeah. today to go work with the fbi bringing mindful self-compassion to oh. them and and wow. we just launched to phys doctors and nurses all around the world um, mindful self-compassion to reduce burnout so think about Amazing. how it's spreading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's Amazing. exciting. So you're going to go do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we're starting already in hospitals, and that's a big program that's been launched. FBI, um, though? FBI in July, hopefully. Okay. Wow. They come, might be here knocking I'll on come the door. Back, I'll come back and report how it, yeah. how it goes. I, if you're allowed to. If you're allowed. To. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's thank amazing. you so much for being thank here. Thank you, guys. We love having you. Yeah. Wow, now we're like so calm, we can't even go on. I know. But uh, yeah, so I guess thank you so much. Hopefully people will find Natalie and all her work. And then we got to go to the sponsors. Thanks Eden, everyone so. for listening. So so next up, guys, we're going to go to a few words from our lovely faithful sponsors. So we'll go to the sponsors now. Hi, so today we have Doris Muna, one of our previous guests from another episode and she's here to talk about a new workshop that she's doing for healers. Tell us more about it. Yes, it's the healers track and it starts in July. It's going to be for six Saturdays, one Saturday each month. And 
it will help healers and lay people alike. And I notice a lot of the healers, they kind of stop getting clients, their energy fizzles out, and they slump into depression or feeling tired. And it's all that they are absorbing the energy of their clients. And this is something that I feel so sad because they are doing such wonderful work in the world. Mm -hmm. And if there's any way I can reach out to those healers or lay people who want are interested in learning how to do healing, then it'll be my brownie point. Great. <laughs> so how can they find you? Well, they can find me on my website, info at DorotheaHealing.com. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, info the is the email. Or call me on 805-807-3097. And these are for uh, once a month commitment, one day a month, so over six months. And it's a great way to clear their stuff and give them tools how to move forward wow that's awesome that's very interesting so, dorotheahealing.com and we are really honored to to tell everybody about this so thank you doris thank you for more information on eden go to edensustin.com for more information on kim go to kimlifecoach.com Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.